you, Lord. We love you. We lift you up because you're worthy to be praised and adored. And we thank you, Father, for this time with you that we might hear your word, we might receive your word, we might be blessed by your holy word. And we thank you for that privilege and that honor, Lord, in Jesus' name. And let, Lord, let us be doers, not just hearers. Let us not sit and, and just, uh, try to figure out what we want and what we don't want. But let us embrace the totality of your word, for certainly none of your word is void of power. None of your word is without purpose and meaning in our lives. So we thank you. Open us up to receive and to be doers of your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So today we're going to talk about your plea. How do you plead? How do you plead? Amen. How do you plead? You know, we are not aware of it many times, but we are on trial many times in our lives. Uh, we, we know that this year, 2020, God uh, let us know that it would be a time of trial, and hasn't he kept his word? <laughs> it would be a time of testing, amen? But he never gives us a test we don't pass. So he told us conditions, if we hold on to him and obey him and Hold on with all that we got that we would come through. He would bring us through to obey the test. I mean, to pass the test. And not just pass the test, but, but to be rewarded. Amen? That for the, the uh, labor that we go through, we get rewarded in kind. So if we're getting a double test, and, and I think that word double has many, many meanings. It can mean twice, but it also can mean a doubling over and a folding over. Um, uh, just like, um, you know, if you ever uh, folded towels, you can't get them small enough, can you? Amen. <laughs> you, just, you look at it and say, I could fold this again. And I could fold this again. Well, that's the way the testing comes when it says double. It gets doubled over, doubled over, and doubled over. So it doesn't mean just twice and he quits. Amen. God does things after the counsel of his own will. So there may be some, and really the testing is to remove things that are not useful to him in your life. It's just to clean you up. You know, these songs we've been singing, or, you know, you hear people saying, change me, oh Lord, you know, and take anything out of me that's not like you. You don't really want that. You better leave that up to God as to, you be stripped totally naked, bro. Half your mind would be gone. You wouldn't even know who you were the next morning. So God does things little by little, but he does things after the counsel of his own will. But he also will continue to refine us according to the needs of the kingdom. And that's what we don't know. You don't know what the need of the kingdom is. Only the king knows that. Well, sometimes you think, well, I thought I was done with this, and here I go again with the same old, same old test, you know. And it's because he is further refining you, so you need to count it all joy. That's why the Bible tells us the proper attitude to have about these things. Uh, never be concerned that you're going to come out on the short end because God is testing you. Always see it as a privilege that he is counting you worthy of the trial amen because there must be something good in you already that he's either trying to establish preserve or increase 
that he is trying you the way he is. And so we we can't look at it with carnal eyes and the way the world would look at things. You have to look at it with the eyes of the spirit and understand that God has chosen you and selected you for elevation, for promotion, for increase, spiritually speaking. Amen. And that's the most important part. So so we need to understand what this is about our plea. How do we plead? Uh, when you're accused of something, all accusations that come against us must be proven in a court of law. So the accusation of the devil comes to keep us under his control. Well, what do you mean, keep us under his control? Well, have you ever had somebody that would come to you and say, well, you don't like me. Yeah, you didn't speak to me or you didn't do this for me and that for me. Well, that's really an accusation, isn't it? Because they don't know your heart. Can we get her to hold still a little bit? You got to get the kids to hold still. You got to go somewhere, sweetie. Is she does she have to go somewhere, Raja? Okay, that's good. But we got a little too much fidgeting back there, okay? Yeah, so I thank you for that. Thank you, honey, okay? Anybody else got to go, go now. (laughs) And then that way we won't have so much movement. You know, adults is okay, but kids, you know, sometimes they just like to go. So got a lot of energy. But uh, anyway, so so we have to understand that when when an accusation comes to us, uh, it comes to bring a change in us. When somebody accuses you of something, they're trying to get you to change. Ain't that right? You don't like me. You, or, or you know, they now they gotten real uh, modern and psychological. You act like you don't. Uh, you said, well, you know, that was just a bad day. Why don't you give me a chance to have a good day, and maybe I'll like you again? Because two days ago we were friends. See, it's good to hold your peace about things that you think you observe in people. It really is. Because it'll save you a lot of embarrassment and having to apologize or try to make up to get a relationship back that was going fine until the devil put an idea in your head to try and fix somebody by accusing them of something. Huh? So whenever accusation comes, I can tell you, it is the devil. Amen? Because let me tell you why I say it that way. The Bible tells us the proper way to approach people to iron out disagreements and differences. And that is we're to entreat them as brothers. You see what I'm saying? Treat them like somebody who is your near kin. So what that means is that you go to that person in humility and in a godly attitude, and and try and get it ironed out, get a meeting of the minds or understanding. And to be honest with you, most people, if they will go to God and forgive that person first, don't have anything left to accuse them with. 
you'll just think to yourself well you know lord maybe i'm wrong about that i just forgive them and we'll wipe the sleet clean and we'll call it another day amen the other issue is what can you do if somebody doesn't like you you can't force that out of people you can't force that to happen and if you examine yourself you have to look at yourself and say well lord is there anything i did to provoke this but most people maturity will teach you to just let it go say god i'm looking to you to straighten this out i'm looking to you to have me to find out how to win this person over because obviously i've lost them and this person is my brother my sister and it's worth humbling myself so that i can win them over amen you understand and make peace let peace be your goal if peace is not your goal then your goal then gets to be control where you want to keep that person under your authority by keeping them off balance through accusation as long as you're blood bought there's no accusation against you that sticks see what i'm saying you know if a person starts to treat you a little different or distant or something you go to god god how can i get this get our relationship back the way it's supposed to be huh don't go to god well they got something against me i don't know what i did cut it out you talk to god about the goal what's your goal your goal is to make peace with that person and have nothing between the two of you many times you'll find out you're the one in the foul mood amen you're just perceiving everything out of that bad mood and so when we see accusation we know that the enemy is at work accusation comes right out of the pit of hell it doesn't come from any other place there is no legitimate accusation that a brother or sister in the lord can level against one another it's not legitimate why because the blood has canceled out all your guilt all your accusation all your blame it cancels it out so what you wind up doing if you continue to accuse a sister or brother when they're blood bought you start to accuse the blood you accuse the blood of jesus as not doing its job in that person's life that's why you gotta stay away from this stuff because eventually it will work against your life see you'll start to doubt that the blood took care of your problem see you'll be stuck down a road somewhere and can't get over something can't get it out your mind can't quit thinking about stuff can't quit getting involved in stuff because you 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 have an oh you have an issue against the blood when you have an issue against the blood bought it's an issue against the blood it's not an issue against them i don't care how much you think differently you got to understand this and you got to understand the power of the blood to cleanse eternally it cleanses period and so that person's spiritual life is between them and god it's not between you and them you have nothing to do with their spiritual life amen it's a secret thing between them and god huh you know you'll sometimes you'll see people that you know maybe have uh faults flaws character flaws who doesn't have them amen 
and and you'll think, uh, well, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, or they would act better. You ever have that thought about people that come straight from hell? You know, because the way people act is not your business. Huh? You're to love them anyway. God gives you a remedy for for all of this stuff, and it's love and forgiveness. That's it. That's all we're allowed. Amen. And so many times we'll see and we'll judge people. Uh, they should be more mature than that. They shouldn't be doing this. Carry on like you to judge. huh? <laughs> but but you don't know that they might have repented and doing the best they can. Amen. Just like you. See, the more you, you delve in the heart of God, the more you feel you realize we're all the same. You know, we all have the same issues, same struggles. We're so pathetic to judge one another. It ain't funny. So it's good to stay away from the judgment thing, the accusation thing. and Leave people alone. Leave them to grow up in God. Just rejoice with them. Uh, you know, encourage them. Your, your, your job is not to just go around rebuking people, you know. Some people are so one-sided in in what they think their position is uh, with God's people. Your your job is to love people, bring peace and reconciliation, and all of those things. You know. So when it comes to accusation, that's the devil's domain. We don't get involved in his domain. Amen. We don't we don't get involved like that. We allow God to make a way for us to live holy for Him. Uh, to live peacefully among all people, all that kind of stuff. That's our domain. Our domain is not the accusation. So in Revelation chapter 12, we see a story here about this woman, uh, you know, a figure that, that John saw in heaven. Uh, there was a woman who was about to give birth. She was a travailing in birth, and she was being pursued by a dragon whose object was to devour the child. And we see that as Satan working against the church. The woman they think is Israel. The church she's, the child she's about to give birth to is the church through Jesus Christ. And he said, and she did bring forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. That's Jesus. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God. That there should and, and that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Okay, prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Oh, did they move? They kind of fell. You sure you didn't push them? Mm, Nobody laid a finger on them. They just kind of was here one minute and not the next. This will give you a vision of your authority over the devil. It's just like that. He's here one minute harassing you, and the next minute you rebuke him and take authority over him, and he's gone. It says, and I heard a loud voice say in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our god and the power of his christ for the accuser of the brethren is cast down which accused 
them before our God day and night. So not only is the devil whispering in your ear, but he's accusing you before God. He accuses the blood and he's hoping that we will do the same. Amen. Because he's accusing us before the throne of God day and night. And he says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they love not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows his time is short. So if he accuses us day and night before the throne, we pick that up in our ears. Amen. And the way he likes to work is he likes to sow discord among the brethren amen so so uh, that's one of the abominations seven abominations of god so god considers that an abominable thing if you're going around talking to people about people just to sow seeds of discord and disharmony you need to repent that's the devil's work and see you'll never overcome him if you're making friends with him amen and listening to him and doing his work so you got to make up your mind which side you're on. You know, I'm a, if you're an overcomer, that's got to work for you all the time. Amen. You can't be an overcomer when you're in trouble and then be a, a discord sower when you feel like you want to do that. you got to be one or the other. And so the more you overcome, the stronger you get in it. The greater is your reward. The greater is your ability to live in peace and harmony. And the greater is your ability to be used by God. Some people, you know, never have cast a devil out in their life. Why? Because they don't live on one side of the street. Now, I'm going to tell you like it is now. Because, you know, I remember when I was a fairly new Christian, it seemed like all I did would have was to have to confront the devil. You, you understand what I'm saying? And And then when I would get around church people, they'd act like that was something strange. Oh, spiritual warfare? Oh, we don't teach that now. That's for for them other that's for them deliverance churches. And I'm thinking, aren't you a Christian? Isn't the devil after your stuff day and night like he is against mine? You know, for me, okay guys, quit playing back there, okay? Now somebody's gonna have to keep them still because let one of those children come and sit up here, okay, honey? Let one of the boys just come and sit. Yeah. Come on, honey. And you sit up here and just be a good, no, you're not being punished. Come on up here. Come on. Right, yeah, that one, right? No, no. The boy. You're not a boy, you're a girl. Sit down. Come here, honey. There. That's your seat. Yeah. You'll be king for a day. Amen. You're not on punishment. I just got to say, y'all got too much energy. I put all y'all together, and it's hard for you to sit still, so. That's just the way children are, okay? So anyway, um, so we're we're to be overcomers in this thing, amen? And people used to think spiritual warfare, that's for mature Christians. I say, are you kidding me? Do you, do you expect to survive in life? Do you expect to be able to pay your bills? Do you expect to be able to live without sickness? Then you're going to have to resist the devil. The Bible says resist him and he'll flee. He didn't say anything about you going down the street casting devils out all your neighbors. 
Amen. You got to resist him in your own life. See, your life is the target practice. You don't get a, 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 a automatic weapon and start shooting it accurately the first day you buy it. Yeah, go to target practice. The target is still, it's not moving. So you're able to get a good shot off, a good accurate shot. Well, that's your personal life. You ain't going nowhere and them devils you got ain't going nowhere either until you get them out of you. (laughs) So your personal life is your target practice. Your children are your target practice. Your family is your target practice. Amen. And then God will will send you out and open doors in other areas. But don't be so anxious to take your little show on the road. Because you're liable to get shot down. Amen. You get trying to get all, all conquer the world and all this other kind of stuff. Just wait for God to open the door. Those doors will swing open now. Trust me. But he's, he's not going to send you out to fail. He sends you out to succeed. And so I found out very early in my walk with God that the life of the warrior and the life, it, and it had a lot to do with the life, the work that I'm called to. You know, I'm called to be an overcomer and to teach other people to be overcomers. Amen. And if I tell you to quit rolling over for the devil, I mean quit rolling over for him. Quit letting him push you around and quit letting him eat your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The first step in that is living holy for God. Don't quit living any kind of way. Quit hanging around any kind of people. Quit living a life of the flesh. Start living a wholesome life so that the power of God can be released in you and God can consider you somebody who that he can trust with spiritual weapons. So all that's got to be established before you can walk in power and in authority and so but the enemy it will accuse you and and this is where you first start to win your battles is in your mind amen in your own mind renew your mind with the word of god make sure when thoughts come to you you know how to process them process them accurately amen you know, the devil come to you, somebody in the church gets something new to wear. Well, she thinks she cute. She thinks she, you know, it's a nah, devil. Mm-mm. Don't come here with that today. I'm not entertaining it. I cast you down in the name of Jesus. I don't talk to you about nobody. See, if we keep quit talking to ourselves about other people in the negative, we'll be free from this kind of stuff. Amen? Amen. The Bible tells us to cast down imaginations, high thoughts that exalt themselves above the knowledge. What the devil's trying to do is get you to, to, to get a low thought and elevate it to where it's useful in your life. Amen. We're not bottom feeders. We're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Amen. We don't argue with people about their sin and their past and all that. You could care less about that stuff. Leave people alone and go get in your words some more. Amen. <laughs> and cast that down where it belongs. Put it under your feet. No, devil, we don't hear that today. Don't come up to me with that kind of nonsense about people. Amen. So we're not going there. And if you do that, eventually a pure heart will be established. 
it won't be a thing that comes and goes it will be established in you so so then your thoughts are pure all the time and you can easily hear from god and and do the mighty works that god wants us to do but that that's part of the price that we pay so that we can walk in that kind of power and authority amen and it's not hard to do it all you gotta do is keep up with jesus he said follow me he didn't say it's hard he didn't say uh come and do your own thing or i'm looking for you to do something i just follow me amen and and i will have you to come into the uh, uh um uh, the uh acquisition of all of the things that you need that pertain to life and to godliness amen so you have a successful life in him if you follow him but accusation definitely belongs to the realm of darkness it is a trademark of the devil and how he deals with people amen amen so so and god wants us to overcome all of the accusations of the devil but we must answer them and we must answer them in the court of heaven amen so it says here we overcome by the blood of the lamb and a word of our testimony and we don't love our lives unto the death that old person you said you were glad to get rid of when you get saved it's amazing how attractive that person will come come to you sometimes amen and so you have to overcome that and not love that life amen you have to renounce that and say god i'm ready for the new life i don't care if i feel lonely i don't care if i feel rejected i don't care if i feel you know all you have to do is renew your mind to who you really are you won't have those feelings amen so so you got to put your mind keep your mind on the right things takes discipline but it's not impossible you can do it amen so when jesus died he ascended into heaven where his blood his own blood was applied to the mercy seat and he secured eternal redemption for us and payment and ransom for our sins was made at the mercy seat if you turn to hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12 you'll see that it says but christ being come being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made by hands that is to say not of this building neither by the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us now the the old testament priest came in once every year to the holy of holies it had to be repeated because the blood of bulls and goats could not purge your conscience from dead works those people lived in a mercy of god that we just don't know amen but by faith they came once a year to have that day of atonement where they could rejoice that the sins of the whole year were forgiven we do it minute by minute or we supposed to so that we can walk with christ in harmony on a continual basis that's one reason why it's a better covenant based on better promises you don't have to wait till once a year to feel good about yourself you feel good about yourself all the time amen 
because the blood continually washes us it cleanses us from all unrighteousness so so jesus did that for us amen so the father who is the judge of us all is seated in the throne of heaven and jesus sits at his right hand amen so jesus applied his own blood to the mercy seat of that altar and that's where man is judged and the heart of man is judged the accuser of the brethren tells us we are still responsible for our sins the accusation says you're still responsible for your sins in other words when you do something wrong he said look at you now you know better now how'd you do that again see you thought you was all miss high and mighty because you ain't done that in a while but see it's still in you you still do wrong you understand what i'm saying so he comes to us like that accusation gives you responsibility again jesus did a one-time atonement for all your sins past present and future there's no um discussion about whether you can be forgiven again for the same stupid thing you keep doing over and over and over again there's no discussion about whether you you can be forgiven you are forgiven over and over and over again you know after a while you just get tired of confessing and time but don't quit confessing we all get tired of confessing everything don't get don't quit doing it keep doing it because that's the key to your your peace with god it's the key to your deliverance with god don't judge yourself as to whether or not you should be over this or through this by now amen just keep the confession keep doing what you do as long as you're doing it by faith and doing it by uh, confidence in god so he confirms his accusations of sickness by giving us symptoms which he is hoping will lead to death amen your symptoms are a false witness amen your symptoms are a false witness because you are blood-bought your sins have been paid for and you are entitled to walk in divine health so that makes your symptoms a false witness amen because they are witnessing a lie see the devil wants to do everything god does god confirms his word with a sign following the devil likes to confirm his accusation with a sign huh see you sit up and you eat too much that's why your blood sugar is all out of whack huh you do this too much you do that too much and mostly we're doing the best we can you think to yourself well my goodness i can't keep up with all these do wrongs and do rights that's a sign to you that he's trying to put you back under the law again and that's when you pull out your your confession and your plea amen that's when you pull out your confession and your plea so these symptoms become a false witness proverbs six nineteen says a false witness is an abomination to god he hates a false witness proverbs nineteen nine says a false witness shall not go unpunished so the accuser of the brethren is already cast down see what i'm saying 
he's already lost his position he's lost his first estate and he's trying to get us to put him back in business because he wants to steal kill and destroy so he's looking to us to pick up accusation amen which is a false witness which is an abomination which we need to treat it like that instead of listening to it huh see the devil has no authority and no license to speak into your life at all he's off limits you just have to understand that that's the devil talking to you and that's not you thinking your own thoughts and that certainly ain't god talking to you like that you have to learn how to discern where that's coming from amen if it talks about your sin continually huh if it talks about your sin continually it's not god he's not going god is not going to carry on a conversation with you about that he's going to allow you some conviction when you're wrong the holy spirit will prick your conscience but he's not that railing hammering voice that keeps telling you how you're missing it how you're not doing enough how you did it wrong how you can't do it right all that kind that's not god talking to you like that god will lead you to his word where he will start cleansing you and helping you and leading you in the right direction he wants you to go the right direction amen and he leads you that way he doesn't talk you into it you got me god's words are usually very very few to direct us the still small voice amen but those words are extremely powerful and they are words that give us hope put us on the right track that allow us to to keep going amen and get on the right spot so god hates a false witness it's an abomination he punishes false witnesses so why do we listen to him amen why do we listen to him the accuser of the brethren tells us all the time we did something wrong amen you did this you did that you know you need to say i know devil wait around i'm gonna do some more and you ain't gonna be able to do nothing to me about it because you are not my punisher you're not my god you're not my anything amen so when we receive symptoms in our body those are false witnesses to disease because the bible says none of those diseases so when you start getting your body's not feeling well quit wondering what i what is this what do i have because the next thing he's good about doing is putting a name on it he'll give you a name to fight so we must enter a plea to this accusation you cannot not enter a plea because the enemy an accusation is a word that's hanging out there against you and you can't let it hang out there against you because it will follow you everywhere you go because it's it's haranguing you and haunting you and and dogging your trail and everywhere you go you hear the same thing over and over again so you got to answer that thing see people who live in denial leave it out there they try to run from it 
They don't want to address it. Huh? You ever been like that? (laughs) But we got to stand and confront things. You have to take a stand against these things. So what plea do you enter? Amen. The only plea that's admissible at the throne of God is the blood of Jesus. Now, we want to enter a plea of, well, you know, I used to. No, I don't do that no more. Now, wait a minute. I quit doing that. That's not a that's not an accurate plea. You go before any judge and tell them you're innocent. They're going to tell you to prove it. And the only proof we have that's admissible is the blood. That's your proof. That's your proof all the time. Whenever the blood is applied, the devil must leave. Amen. He loses his power in the face of the blood. So we have to enter a plea to this accusation. If you go to the doctor and they find this and they find that, you must enter a plea. You go to God, you lawyer up, and you tell the Lord, Lord, they have found this on my body. But I receive your word. Amen. I believe your word. And I believe your blood paid for this. And I don't receive sickness. Amen. I don't receive a diagnosis. I don't receive any of those things. I receive your blood, your atonement, and I receive my healing. Amen. And I thank you that you you bore stripes on your body so that I don't have to carry them in mine. Amen. I don't have to carry stripes in my body. I don't have to carry pain in my body. I don't have to carry symptoms in my body. I don't have to carry anything in my body because you took it already. And because you took it, according to legal rules, for me to take it would be double jeopardy. And that's not admissible in it. That's not permissible in a court of law. In other words... You used to smoke dope and abuse your body, but Jesus paid for that. So you're not going to pay for it. I don't care where they said whatever's in your body came from. You go to the doctor and say, well, that comes from years of smoking and years from, of, you know, uh, snorting and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's what that comes from. Years of alcohol. That's why your liver's bad. Uh, Mr. Judge, your ornery sir, please. I plead the blood. I enter a plea of the blood of Jesus, which paid for that, which means you got to take this off my body, devil. This is not staying here. I rebuke you. I command you to take it off of me right now in the name of Jesus. I'm not carrying this. I'm not going on with this. I'm not going. I'm not going another further with you attached to my body in Jesus' name. Amen. You must take it. No two things about it. And you take your stand on the power of his word or the authority of his word and the power of the blood of Jesus, which atoned for it. Paid all of it. It didn't pay for part. And then you got to bear the other part. You ever have something that's going on in your body and it's getting better? You know, it was worse and it gets better. And you, now, 
if if you do that, say for instance, somebody the doctor gave you medicine, antibiotic to take. After a couple of days, you start to feel better. You know it's working. You don't quit taking it. You take the whole prescription, amen, so that it can all leave. Because you know for a fact, they tell you, no, don't do that because they have a tendency to lay low for a minute and then come back with a vengeance if you don't take it all. We gave you enough medicine to totally kill it this time. So take it all. Don't stop because you feel better. How many of us do that with the word? We go feel better for a minute and then we think that's all we're supposed to get. Come on now somebody tell the truth you feel a little better and then you stop putting your confidence in god to take it all away amen and so we'll we'll keep going back to the doctor and keep doing this but let me let me plant this idea in your mind if god started getting rid of it he's still working on getting rid of it keep standing on the word you don't need the doctor to go and confirm anything quit going back to these people to confirm what you have the best witness for on the inside of you you got the witness of god on you you have the holy spirit to witness to you amen we do we go through so much trouble sometimes trying to get you know, and people come in and say, well, they want me to have hip replacement, but I'm not going to get it. Huh? Then they wind up getting it because they'll start feeling a little bit better when they got prayer. But you got to go home and stay in the word to get all of it. Amen. If God helped you a little bit, don't you think he's capable of helping you a whole lot and taking it all the way? So we have to start living like that. God's not a man that he should lie. He's not jerking us around, just giving us a feel. We don't have a feel-good anointing. The Spirit of God is, is upon him because he's anointed him to, to heal, to bind up, to eradicate, to cast out. There's nothing in there that says you, God's anointed to make you feel good. See, we come in faith and then leave in feelings. Hello. If you're feeling better, your faith got you that far. Huh? See, that's God's deposit in your life to let you know that you're entitled to be made whole. Huh? It's the truth. So if you're entitled to be made whole, you got to understand that he's working on your wholeness. If you let him, if you keep your faith in the game, the reason we get a lot of partial healings because we start feeling better and we quit pressing. Sometimes the feel better is the open door to keep pressing and get it all right then and right there. So we have to learn how to keep our faith engaged so that these symptoms can totally leave us. Amen. So when you're accused of sickness, the only plea that's recognized at the throne of God is the blood of Jesus. So you plead the blood. When we seek God's remedy, we go by way of the blood. You will not win by arguing with symptoms. 
and arguing with the devil because he is a liar and a false witness. You will only win by entering a plea of truth, which is by his stripes you are healed. It will it will set you free from symptoms and from condemnation. Amen. So when the enemy accuses us, he is hoping we will believe him. And then he can condemn us to a life of sickness because we think we're not good enough to be healed. Or we think we got to do something else besides believe God. He said only believe. He said that for a reason. Because he knew the devil would come and want to add something to it. Well, you got to believe and take them vitamins. you got to believe and quit smoking. You'll hear people that have really strong healing ministry start expounding on, on supplements and stuff. Where they've been lured away from. You know, you got to say, well, God, if I'm the only one standing, I'm the one who's going to believe and not doubt and only believe your word. And not add anything to it. It's tempting sometimes to go across the line and start adding things. But I'll tell you the places that, that we see the power of God manifest where we, we're godly jealous to get there ourselves. Azusa Street, Catherine Kuhlman, she didn't talk about no vitamins and nothing like that. And she had heart disease herself and, and worked until she just, you know, her heart just gave out. Amen. You know, she died brokenhearted. You could tell by some of her testimony. She she had to give up a man that wasn't her man. You understand what I'm saying? And and kind of never got over it, really. You understand what I'm saying? There is some such a thing as dying of a broken heart. You got me? Some people, because their heart can't get fully engaged, they haven't allowed God to heal them totally. You understand what I'm saying? They carry that around and it becomes a permanent weakness in their lives. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes your hopes and your dreams don't come to pass. And you'll feel shortchanged and brokenhearted. you got to kind of watch yourself what you carry around. Let God heal you and give you a new lease on life. Make you a real new Christian. Get a new heart. Amen? Let him renew a right spirit in you. So your plea will set you free from symptoms and condemnation. The blood cleanses you from all unrighteousness, which means there's nothing in you to condemn you now. See, you have a a good conscience toward God. You have a pure conscience toward God. You have a a blood-washed conscience. The Bible says your conscience is purged from dead works so that you could serve the living God. It's purged from works that would lead you to death. So you're wrong living, you're wrong eating, you're too much eating, you're too little eating, you're whatever you do that's wrong in your life is not enough to condemn you to a life of living the consequences of your sin. Not when the blood is applied. See, what we get sometimes is, he's okay, baby. Yeah, don't worry about him. He's okay. Yeah, yeah. I put him here because you know what he's going to do here by himself? He's going to wear himself out. He's going to get tired of all that little stuff he's doing right there because it don't bother me one little bit. He 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 wearing himself out. So unless y'all gave him a sugar shot out there, and I know you ain't 
Y'all ain't had nothing to shoot that baby up with no sugar, so. <laughs> yeah, she he's okay. Don't worry about it. So anyway, uh, but but we have to learn how to stay in that place of ministry before God so that we feel 100% good about ourselves and our conscience again. See, our soul needs to be restored. Restored to what? Restored the way it was before we ever sinned. So it'll be a new experience for us to have our souls restored. You'll think, man, is this what it was like to live with God in the garden? Yeah, that, that's it. Exactly. Till you get to that brand new place in God. You stay before him. God, I still feel bad in my mind about this. I don't feel right about this. I, I Just help me some more with this, Lord. And get me to the place that I felt before I even did wrong. Before I did this wrong, I want to get to the place I feel just like that before I did wrong. And and you're entitled to be there. That's what purging is. That means there is not a trace of it left. Amen? We get to the what we call the nursing, the clear return. <laughs> Remember that, Miss Pat? <laughs> and if you had to go and get another enema you kept giving them until the water came back clear because when they put them on that operating table they can't have all of that happening you understand what i'm saying on the operating contaminate the person and all that so you that was your job <laughs> so anyway but uh i think they do it a little differently now but i'm talking old school stuff but uh, you know, there may be some other safeguards that they have or something like that, but that was the good old-fashioned way to make sure you had a sterile operating field the whole duration of the surgery. And that's what God wants us to have, a blood purged, not one trace left. Amen? Not one trace left. Amen? So you must release your judgment, defenses, and plans and trust solely in your advocate and counselor. Throw yourself on the mercy of, of the court. You'll find mercy. Don't be afraid to throw yourself on God's mercy. Isn't that what they did when Jesus walked the streets that it, where he would minister? Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They threw themselves on his mercy, trusted totally in his mercy. Nobody sat back and said, I'm not worthy. In fact, when they first asked him for mercy, let me tell you what, what how smart some of these people were. The Syrophoenician woman that had the daughter, you know, that dogs, her daughter, he daughter and her were considered by the Jews to be dogs. When she she kept answering Jesus. Do you understand? You know why she had the nerve to do that? Huh? He said, she said, uh, Lord, she worshiped him and he, he ignored her. She asked him again and, and, uh, he said, Oh no, it's not good for us to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. And he said that and she said, Yeah, but the dogs get the crumbs off the table. Amen. She kept coming at him. See, this is what you do when mercy is granted you. She said, Have mercy on me. And she was looking for him to grant it to her. So she began to answer him with her defense. 
So when you're seeking the mercy of God, you answer the court of heaven with your words until mercy is granted. You don't go away until that mercy comes. In other words, you don't take half of a healing. And and hope you don't have to go to God again. You understand what I'm saying? It's like I blew it somehow. I'm I'm not getting what I need to get from God and I'm just going to quit. No, the righteous don't quit. Faith doesn't quit. Faith keeps going back. So if that little uh, 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 Gentile woman could do it, she did it based on the fact that she wanted mercy. She wasn't looking to qualify for anything. She was that smart. When he kept hitting her with qualifications, she came back with an answer. She said, no, I ain't trying that. Huh? I'm not trying for that. I'm not trying for that. I'm trying for mercy. And I know you've got mercy in you because you've shown it to all these people out here, and I'm getting my fair share of it. Amen? So she kept pursuing what she knew was in, her daughter was entitled to her for someone who grants mercy. And that's what we always have to look at. Yeah, you got to be obedient. And yeah, you got to obey God's rules. And yeah, you got to walk in love. And yeah, you got to do all those things. But at the end of the day, you have to tap into his mercy to get what you need. So mercy ain't a bad thing. That should be at the top of your list instead of at the bottom of it. Well, if I can't do everything right and I still ain't, I'm doing everything right and I still ain't healed. I'm doing this right and I still ain't healed. I'm doing this and I said, don't quit. Keep doing what you're doing. But understand that there's another door you can go in. That's the door of mercy. God, in spite of what I think about what I do, you said your mercy endures forever. So hit me with it. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Have mercy. <laughs> so you got to release all your judgment, defenses, plans. Throw yourself on the mercy of the court. He counsels you with his word. He'll tell you what he, you, you, your mind will come to a scripture. Or you'll just continue. If, he, if nothing comes, you just continue speaking the word you know. So, but he will lead you and guide you into the fulfillment of the promises for everything health healing prosperity let him have all of what you need let him do this for you amen first john 5 8 talks about the witnesses the true witnesses down here on earth praise god what did i say first john all right thank you Lord have mercy, how'd Peter jump up here? Go home, Peter. I, I, and there are three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. The blood is the witness that will speak because he's alive. Amen. The spirit follows the word. So the spirit will give you that inner witness, and it also will give an atmospheric witness. Amen. 
So the spirit will give a witness in the earth that we are the children of God. Amen. All right. So, Raja, you can have him come sit back with you now, okay? Everybody else asleep. So, yeah, go back there and sleep. Sit with mommy now, honey, okay? You did good. Amen. You were a good boy. Thank you. <laughs> so, so those witnesses, you need witnesses to your health and your healing. You need witnesses to God's word. Amen. Because here you have an accuser bringing a false witness. So your witness to God's word is the blood. It testifies. It tells you, no, you're not, you're not, this sickness is not unto death. When you hear those scriptures come into your heart and into your remembrance, that's the blood speaking to you. How do I know that's the blood speaking? Because it would have to be alive to apply it to your now situation. I'm going to say it again. See, that ain't you reciting scripture that you memorized, even though that's good to retrain your mind. When you hear it coming as that inner voice and inner, that's the blood talking because he's alive. And it bears witness with your spirit, the Holy Spirit, that confirms with that peace and that inner witness that that that, that situation is taken care of. See, when you plead the blood, he has to speak up on your behalf. He will talk for you. And so that witness always gives true testimony. Amen. Uh, 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 The blood always speaks. Because it's always got life in it. The blood of dead people speaks. It gives testimony. The more people um, do research, analyze, and all that kind of stuff, the more the blood talks to them. Uh, now, if you ever walk work around law enforcement people, especially detectives and, and uh, homicide detectives, they will sit and talk to the victim. They'll sit at their desk and look at they'll look at that picture. They put it up on the wall so that they come into remembrance because they they will say to that victim, you tell me what happened. You've got to tell me. Now, that's that you think they're just crazy people that are talking to dead people. The ones who do that for a living get money for it. Come on, y'all. Now get with me. So they're not trying to contact the dead in that sense. Amen. But they are talking to that blood. They can't quite describe it, but in the realm of the spirit, that blood is speaking to them. And and they will t- say things like, well, we've run out of, of uh, you know, the trail has gone cold. That means that the blood is not talking to them right now. And they'll say things like, well, we just got to hit a break somewhere because somebody knows something. They know it's solvable. They never just give up and say, 
the blood won't let them give up see that's the blood talking to them why because they have a vested interest in it they have an interest in in solving they they are they have sworn an oath to uphold the law and that oath that they swear so help me god is helping them now you got me they're asking for god's help and so god is helping them through the blood I, you know, I watch those detective shows. There's, I got some favorites on there. Cause they, they always, they know how to move in, when to move. When they question, interrogate people and stuff like that, they have techniques that they use, have tactics that they use. And, and, but what do you do when the person doesn't respond to your normal techniques? You, you gotta go a step further. And I, there was a, a gentleman I saw one time. He felt led. He said, um, "He said, you know, I, I was thinking. Uh, in fact, he had an appointment to speak to someone. He was certain this person was guilty, but he needed a confession. And it was a young woman. And it was a holiday. And uh, they're both Hispanic. I think he's Cuban. She's probably Cuban too." And he brought in a tray of food, you know, like set it on the warmer because it was a holiday. It was Cuban food. And he said, um, would you like to have some dinner with me? And she agreed. And he prayed over the food. And so after they finished eating, he, he started speaking to her. And, and at one point, he, he stopped the interrog- interrogation. And he said, would you pardon me? I have a spiritual moment. And he just went in the other room and prayed. Got on his knees and prayed and came back. And she, when, she, when he came back, she was in tears. And she confessed everything of the breaking of bread. We're in covenant now. I'm not your enemy. I'm your brother. I'm your friend. You got me? When And when you break bread with some, they must tell the truth. They must. Do you understand what I'm saying? Eventually, if she didn't break down and tell it then, she was going to tell it at some point. Because this was the so help me God that they had sworn to. And he's smart enough to bring God in to help him when he gets to a place he don't know what to do. But he knows God is his helper. You see what I'm saying? Many people who work in in difficult jobs rely on God more than we know. I've never seen a police officer. We say, officer, we love you and we're praying for you. We pray protection for you guys all. Thank you. They all thank you. They never say, don't pray for me or what. I mean, even even if they might think it to themselves because they don't know God or for whatever, they're still polite enough to thank you for doing it because they don't they don't know if them prayers work or not, but they don't want them to stop. <laughs> they're that smart, Amen. So the blood testifies; it gives testimony. What does it testify? It testifies that that on on the day of atonement, Jesus Christ shed His blood for you. And on the third day, he took it up to heaven in the mercy seat. Excuse me. And, and spread that blood over that mercy seat to give eternal atonement 
for everything you do wrong. So quit thinking that you're bad living. Quit thinking that you're uh, extra helping when you know you shouldn't have it. Gives the devil permission to put sickness on you. That's the sickest thing I've ever heard. Ask God to help you pass that up if you think that's so important to your health and well-being. Amen? Do something. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Don't buckle under and let the devil put sickness on you because of your weakness. Some weaknesses we just have to live with and deal with until God delivers us. But in the meantime, you don't give the devil permission to run over you. You can come to his throne. Mercy is what he gives at the throne. He's not giving judgment and legalism. Amen. That's the devil's job. That's religion's job. That's why religious people are always so involved with food and what you eat. This is more pure than that. And this is better for you than that. And all that nonsense i bless my food because the holy spirit lives in me he's the one i don't want to do no harm to i've been eating all my life as you can tell (laughs) but you understand what i'm saying food ain't never done me no harm i've never been food poisoned ain't been allergic to if i'm allergic to something i swallowed that allergy because it's it's gone. I killed it. <laughs> so Hebrews twelve twenty four tells us that his blood speaks better things. Amen. Not guilt, condemnation, and you did this wrong and you did that wrong. That sin, just confess it, God, if that's wrong, please forgive me because I want to stand righteous before you and I don't want the devil dogging me like this. Amen. It says here, it says, but you have come, 18, you have not come into the mount that might be touched. The Old Testament, that's not you. He says, he says, but you are come in verse 22 unto Mount Zion. Unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, and to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. That's you. That's where you've come to. And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling. That speaks better things than that of age, Abel. So this is your company. Your company ain't the fallen angels and the devil and his accusation. This is your company. An innumerable company of angels. The general assembly and church of the firstborn that are written in heaven. That are blood bought. And to Jesus. The mediator of a new covenant. So he's not just your lawyer. He mediates over this covenant. So you're not shooting at in the dark trying to figure out how to get healed. He has a roadmap already that tells you are healed. Amen. 
said, if you keep believing and confessing, you can have what you say if you don't doubt. Accusation comes to make you doubt. Makes you put off your healing while you sit up and listen to the devil tell you why you ain't healed. And you know you are. You keep confessing you are and he keeps giving you symptoms and then he makes you doubt you are. you've come to the heavenly Mount Zion. Amen. Under the Old Testament, Israel was able to plead the blood in a sense. They pled the blood of bulls and goats. They had a blood covering that had to be renewed, and especially year to year. But they they walked in a corporate healing often. Amen. They walked in a, in a place where there was no feeble among their tribe. When they ate the Passover, that established their covenant of health and strength in God. The Bible says they crossed over. The only the only problem they had was how to carry all the heavy gold and silver that they had gotten from their neighbors. And the neighbors were glad to give it up. Can they, they, you know what it was? It was, can I go? They were buying favor. You have a whole nation of people give all their wealth over to people that used to be their slaves. Are you kidding me? They're looking for something. They ain't stupid. The Bible says when, when Moses' first congregation was a mixed multitude. It was some Egyptians along for the ride. They say, well, you know, we what what do I need? I'm like, well, come on in my house tonight and eat this food with me. This is our Passover. You just watch the death angel going to pass over all your people. When they woke up the next morning, all the firstborn of Egypt were killed except for the ones in the house. And the ones who stayed in the house got strengthened, healed, and fortified. If there was lepers that came into the house that night, guess what? They walked out healed that morning. If there's people with heart disease that came in there that night, they walked out healed that morning. The Bible says there was not one feeble person among their tribe. When you got saved, you got healed. You should believe God for both of them and keep believing him for both of them. Don't ever waver. Amen. Don't ever waver. Psalm 105:37. he brought them out with silver and gold. And there was no feeble one among their tribe. So you get health and wealth when you're saved. Quit looking for it. Start believing it. Amen. Amen. Start believing it. Quit looking for it. They observe the Passover every year by faith. They have faith in what they did took care of their relationship with God. They had confidence for the journey of faith. To obey the command of Moses. They depended totally on God. um, Yeah, dependence, obedience. Dependence follows obedience. You start walking on obedience to God and you'll start leaning on him. It's an automatic thing. They would find out that words 
would make them sick, but the atonement would bring them back. Just like words would confound their health and their healing, they began to learn that words could bring them back. Turn to Numbers chapter 21, I think it is. Let's see this example. That's why God always wants his people's words mixed with faith in him and faith in his word. Numbers 21 and verse 4, it says, And they journeyed. Yeah, they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because it's too hot. I've been walking too long. I don't like this. So they would begin to murmur and complain against God. You brought us out here in this desert to let us die. How come you didn't leave us in Egypt? I know we were slaves, but at least we have food to eat every day. Well, no, you didn't, slave. You had what they wanted you to have. You had their leftovers. You had leeks and garlic. You was full, but your breath smelled. God gives you sweet breath. Huh? He says he satisfies your mouth with good things. It says the people spoke against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread. There's no water. (laughs) And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. See, they confessed that. Their words brought that upon them. Words that we do not repent of and they're not atoned for stay out there to work wreak havoc in our lives the lord sent fiery serpents among the people they bit the people and much of the people of israel died therefore the people came to moses and said "Uh uh-oh huh see this is what happens when you when you get symptoms in your body you go to god and say god i'm forgive me for whatever you know if there's something between me and you and let me get that straight first that's what the first thing you do is you plead the blood not get up and god say i plead the blood no you confess your sins the bible says if you do that he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us sometimes your sin is unbelief And taking the word of a man over God. He said, we have sinned and have spoken against the Lord. Anytime you speak against his word, that's sin. Let's get with it, folks. And against thee, pray unto the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent, set it upon the pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looks on it will live. Now, why would he have them look at that serpent? Huh? For life. Why does he have you confront your sin? When you talk to the Holy Spirit, he he shows you what's standing between you and God. You got to confront your sin. You got to confront the source of trouble. Amen?
So when they looked at the serpent, oh yeah, that serpent came because I started uh, murmuring against God and I was discouraged and I spoke ill of God. It was a reminder. Oh yeah, I got to watch what I say. God, forgive me. I take that back. You're a merciful God. You're a great God. I love you, Lord. Help me, Jesus. You got me? So we need sometimes a reminder that our mouth bought us that trouble. But as soon as we repent and correct it, it's on again. Amen. Those symptoms can leave as quickly as they, as they came upon us because the fiery serpent caused them because it bit them. It also looking at it and oh, that's what it is. Lord, forgive me. Corrected it. Amen. You gotta confront what it is. That in it sometimes these things are deep rooted things. It doesn't matter. You gotta confront them anyway. Cause a little bit by little bit them roots, them root deep roots get chopped off. It gets less life. The every time you confess it, it has less and less life in you. Amen. So we don't have to be afraid of confronting things in us that shouldn't be, because they will lead to our deliverance. They will lead to our peace, and they will lead to our health. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for your word that gives us hope, that gives us correction, that gives us everything that we need that pertains to life and to godliness. So, Lord, we honor you, we love you, and we thank you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen, amen. Why don't we do our confession? I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Father, that by the stripes of your son, Jesus, I am healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It is so decreed. Amen.